Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Town Manager Download, a podcast about local government and the town of Shrewsbury. I'm Kevin Mizikar, Town Manager of the Town of Shrewsbury, and as always, I'm joined by Communications Coordinator Taylor Galusha. In today's episode, we're going to be joined by Seth Colby, Deputy Fire Chief and Shrewsbury's Emergency Management Director, to talk about emergency management in the town of Shrewsbury. How's everything going, Taylor? Good. Back to back weeks of episodes. Yep. To make up for my <laughs> my lapse of not being here, but we're on a roll. We're on a roll and coming off of the Thanksgiving weekend. How was that? It was good. We had more people at leftovers on Sunday than we did actual Thanksgiving, but I like being around my family. Got to Hopefully see you had my... a lot of leftovers. We did. That's we good. actually made more food. We me and, me and mom made more green bean casserole to bring over. Um, saw my home friends, went to Barnes and Nobles, some good pizza places in Connecticut. Um, nice. So yeah, good weekend all. She all made around. extra food for leftovers. Did you make it in advance or just for leftovers? No, we made it just for leftovers. Like we made it on oh. Sunday. Seems it, like a rule. It is a little bit of rule breaker, but I guess because there was new people there, then you gotta let them have everything you can justify it, it if you want it all went yeah. it was so good that we didn't have any left for leftovers so that's good but how was yours it was good i have an interesting story we traveled to new jersey to my wife's cousin's house mm -hmm. so we're a good distance away over 200 miles and i was literally standing at the table carving the turkey uh next to one of my wife's Cousins, husband, okay. co-workers. Okay. So we are talking, and I had previously spoken with her boyfriend earlier in the day, and he mentioned something about central Massachusetts. So as I was standing next to her, she, uh, I had asked her about central Mass, and she's like, oh, yeah, you know, near Worcester. And I was like, oh, that's nice. Uh, and then she said, you know, Northboro and Westboro. And I was like, yeah, I know that. Like, you know, I live in Sturbridge. Um and she's like, oh, really? Uh, she's like, I was a, you know, Shrewsbury High School graduate. And I was like, what? <laughs> I like lost my Such mind. I was literally world. carving a turkey in New Jersey on Thanksgiving, standing next to a uh, former right. Shrewsbury resident. She lives in New Jersey now, but her uh, father still lives here in Shrewsbury, which was really interesting. Shout out to her dad. That's right. So, yeah. I was like, what is going than, on in this world? <laughs> it's a lot better than my uh, post-Thanksgiving events. <laughs> I passed out at Quest, getting my blood work done. Oh, that's not so, good. Yeah, that's I'm not fun. supposed to do that. Yours, yours sounds a lot better than to stay <laughs> my dra dra dramatic life. So, Well, what's going on in the shrew since we're um, all back? I know. It's hard because we just did an episode. So the only one I wanted, or not only one, I'm sure there's other things we could highlight, but... Um, the police department's doing their annual fill the wagon event mm -hmm. um, on December 9th from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. at the police department. That's an important um, one. Yeah, it's a great, great cause. It helps support um, Shrewsbury Youth and Family Services. They do it every year, and they're always really successful with it. So um, it's a good thing for people to have on their radar. Good. So December 9th at 9 o'clock, 9 to noon. Yep. The new police station. Yeah. Great. Great setting. Yeah, so... Today we're going to be talking about emergency management and uh, a lot of things related to that. And I'm happy to have uh, Deputy Fire Chief Seth Colby, who serves as the town's emergency management uh, director, come on the town manager download and talk with us in a little bit. Um, you know, local governments, interestingly enough, 
out of all three levels of government, generally speaking, we're the least resourced, but uh, we have the most intimate knowledge and are best prepared to be the first line of defense against emergencies and mm -hmm. preparing for disasters and um, responding, making the initial response and recovery efforts during those events. Hopefully we never get into those situations, but you see time and time again, whether they're weather related or human related things that go on in the world, uh, it's those local governments that are obviously there already and are looked to to respond. And we actually have that obligation, of course, um, primarily responding and protecting and serving the well-being of our residents. And um, it takes time to get those other entities in from the state or federal government, depending how big the the uh, matter is at hand. So there's a whole you know, thoughtful approach and planning and system and training that local governments are not only responsible for, but go through um, to make sure that they're ready to respond. And it's a hard thing to do. And we look forward to talking to Seth about that because there's plenty of challenges and disasters and emergency scenarios to prepare for. And you never know which one's gonna arise. Right. So um, I think Shrewsbury does it really well. and. Um, probably do some of the most consistent training that that I've seen in my career, which uh, I'm really proud of. So um, yeah, it's it's an interesting aspect of, of the organization. It doesn't have its own dedicated department here in Shrewsbury, um, but we've kind of rethought um, our approach to emergency management over the last few years and, and have Seth as the director and um, Actually, I think are updating and maturing the plans um, that we have to make sure that we're we're ready for any situation that comes up. So, um, Seth is supported by a Deputy Emergency Management Director and CERT Coordinator, um, Sergeant David Fosher for from the Shrewsbury Police Department serves in that role. So we have a good public safety collaboration when it comes to emergency management. And then we have the position that Taylor, you hold for public information officer and, and helping mm -hmm. coordinate our response uh, to the press and uh, et cetera I my vest. during those events. You should have wore your vest. Yeah. It's, it's your favorite part of the position, guys. right? Yeah, it's free. <laughs> <laughs> In case the first two get dirty. But, right, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, and there, there's a number of um, opportunities for residents to also help us mm -hmm. um, when it comes to a citizen's emergency response team or CERT. Um, so I'm sure Seth will, will talk about that and try to drum up support for that program because they help us in a number of ways, not just for emergency management pur purposes, but any large events and um, gatherings. They did like traffic management at the um, police community night event. Yep. I remember seeing um, Bob Holland out there doing that. That's right. Um, any, I think they do Spirit of Shrewsbury as well. They help out with that too. So. Yeah, any large event, we yeah. try to bring them That's in. Awesome. It helps uh, them being part of those situations and scenarios to prepare for things that you know may be mm -hmm. more out Anchor. of the blue and, and, and bigger for us to deal with. So um, yeah, we have a lot of opportunities for folks who may be interested in, in giving back to the community through those means. But um, you know, I'm looking forward to talking to Seth a little bit about how we do that type of training uh, throughout the course of the year, who is involved in that, mm -hmm. 
um, some of our more comprehensive planning uh, documents and approaches that we use. Um, I've been fortunate to um, participate in a, in a multi-town event in the pe past few years. Um, you know, weather events, of course, climate matters. Uh, complicating those circumstances aren't going to stop the town boundaries. So right. we have to have close collaborative relationships with our communities uh, within the region and be able to muster and reallocate resources depending on the issues that each one is individually dealing with. So it's hard to contain it to one department when it clearly touches all aspects, whether it's public works, police department, fire department cross-collaborative in the town but also in the region too so. right yeah and, and kind of putting our traditional really strong mutual aid relationships mm -hmm. that are uh, managed and, and kept mainly through the fire department um, you know bringing those to another level and and mustering those resources for the benefit of, of the region yep. um, I've had uh, or up until a couple years ago, I was able to participate as an alternate member of the uh, Homeland Security Council that provided a lot of resources for emergency management purposes because those resources had to be shared among communities. So um, that's uh, another resource that's available to communities for funding and, you know, was started when Homeland Security was started after 9-11 and uh, has brought a lot of police and fire training a, a lot closer and, and more local here into into Shrewsbury and, and you know, other local governments across the country. So um, I think this is one area we probably don't do too differently. Uh, you know, yeah. different areas of the country obviously prepare for different events, um, you know, but um, this is probably quite similar to um, our local government colleagues around the country and perhaps around the world, depending on the circumstances that they find themselves in. So Maybe the first time we've ever said that on this <laughs> podcast. It could be. It could be. So um, I'm sure we're one of the best when we do it. And um, I think it probably just makes the most sense to uh, bring Deputy Fire Chief Seth Colby into the town manager download and have a conversation with him about local emergency management. Take the opportunity to welcome Seth Colby, Deputy Fire Chief and Emergency Management Director to the town manager download. Welcome, Seth. Great. Thank you for having me. Of course. So, Seth, we always like to start off with our guests and um, allow listeners to get to know them a little bit better. So um, why don't you tell us how long you've been with the town and um, why you chose or maybe didn't choose this career path, uh, how you ended up uh, in your current role as deputy fire chief, and talk a little bit about um, the emergency management director role. Sure. Um, I guess you could say it, it shows me. Okay. Um, you'll, you'll hear sometimes firefighters will say that it's a, it's a calling, it's not a job or an occupation. Um, and I guess it's something that I had always wanted to do. Uh, both my father and one of my grandfathers was a call firefighter here in Shrewsbury years ago. So I, I saw that growing up. Um, it was something I, I wanted to do. So uh, I, I got on the call department when I turned 18 and graduated high school. I, I got on in, in 94. Um, 1994 and um, <laughs> um, yeah I, I did that and um, I, I thought it was something that I wanted to do as a career not just um, you know on, on call basis so Shrewsbury is a civil service community so I was in college uh, going to Worcester State College at the time before it was a university mm -hmm. and um, 
I, I took the civil service test, the statewide civil service test, never expecting to get, um, to get a job. I feel it was most, most people you have to, unless you really top the list, especially in Shrewsbury where we, we only hire one or two a year. Um, you really have to top the list. So I took it to see what the, um, what the test was like and you know, if it was, if it was doable and, um, the, the summer in between my junior and senior year, I got called in for an interview and, and, um, I was hired that September. Hmm. So I withdrew from, from Worcester state, uh, came to work here full, full time in 97. And I continued my college, um, part-time and I earned my associates. And then I went, um, I went on, got my bachelor's and then I, uh, worked my way up through and got a master's in public administration mm -hmm. from, from Anna Maria. So, um, I was still able to finish my school, but I, I took advantage of the, the opportunity to get the job because if I, if I yep. passed it up, I didn't, didn't know if or when, um, the opportunity would come up again. So let's name, let's name names. Who was the chief at the time when, when you were hired? Was, what was that process like? It was George Duhamel. Okay. Yep. Um, a lot different, a lot different than what it's like now. Sure. Um, I actually, he, he called me, I was, um, working for a, a caterer mm -hmm. at, at the time and he called and he said, Hey, you're up on the list. I want you to come in for an interview. And he, I said, okay. I said, when, when should I come in? And he's like, Oh, are you available this afternoon? So I get out of work in a couple hours. I said, but I've got to go home and get cleaned up. He's like, Nope, just come how you are. <laughs> um, so I showed up in, in, in shorts and a t-shirt. I was filthy. I'd been it was a caterer in a tent company, so I've been setting up tents mm -hmm. and everything, and um, sat in his office. and And it was um, uh, Richard Carney was the town manager mm -hmm. at, at the time, and he basically went over uh, went over what what the job was and explained everything to me. And mm -hmm. he asked me one question, which was, "Why do you want to be a firefighter?" Mm -hmm. That was the only the only question he asked me. Mm -hmm. um, he said, "Technically, the town manager is the appointing authority, but." He always has hired whoever I recommend, so mm -hmm. um, that was that was the process. Interesting. <laughs> um, now we do it, obviously, much much more involved, and we have HR involved and the chief, and mm -hmm. and myself as the deputy. Sometimes we may have a captain and and have an interview panel, and and they go through the whole process mm -hmm. and formal background checks and and all of that. So it's um, it's come a long way <laughs> since yeah. since then. And, and I don't want to stick on fire too long. We, we did have Chief Phone on um, the download a couple episodes ago. But, Seth, uh, one thing that strikes me that I don't I don't want to forget about here, because I don't think we talked to Chief Phone about it, is um, the educational component. I, I think um, Shrewsbury is very fortunate that, I'll, I'll say at this point, the majority of our firefighters have at least a bachelor's degree, um, and many have master's degree. Um, how do you think about that when you're looking at uh, fire candidates and, and, you know, education and a firefighter may not be something that kind of goes hand in glove when people think about the fire service as a career, but how do you think it benefits firefighters in the town? Yeah, certainly, um, you know, years ago when, when I got on, there was very few, I think the maybe two or three out of the four captains had some level of of education, mm -hmm. uh, you know, formal education. Mm -hmm. The, I mean, chief of department had a, a bachelor's mm -hmm. degree. Um, that was the most that, that they had uh, a couple associates degrees. And mm -hmm. it was really, it was a lot of people, 
Um, at the time, was a lot of people that became firefighters were also they worked in the trades, so they were carpenters, electricians, plumbers, and and um, kind of hands-on, hands-on people, and um, that has that has changed changed a lot for for several reasons. But we're seeing a lot of the the firefighters now that they're they're coming in with degrees, mm-hmm. um, and it it may have nothing to do with the fire service or mer- emergency services. We have people that have degrees in, in accounting and um, all, all kinds of various things. We have history majors. Mm-hmm. We have we have all these different different degrees. Um, and I think I think the big thing with that is it, it shows if I'm considering somebody as a, a candidate, it shows their uh, motivation mm-hmm. and dedication it shows that they, they put their mind to something and, mm-hmm. and did it. So even if it's not specifically related to the fire service, I think it kind of speaks to their their drive. Hmm. Interesting. So um, you're the deputy fire chief, second in command uh, with regards to the fire department, and you're the emergency management director. So um, let's key in on the emergency management side of things for a little bit. So how long have you been in that role, and and you know what are your responsibilities as the emergency management director? Sure. It's been uh, about four years that I've been. It was uh, 19. It was July, July 1st. 2019 that I got a letter <laughs> I got a letter from you <laughs> saying congratulations you're now the emergency management director for we won't talk about that long interview yeah. process <laughs> um, but no this is the to my knowledge I'm the first one in the fire department to have that role prior to that it's it's bounced around and there's been um, somebody in the manager's office that's done it mm-hmm. at one point we had somebody in, in the school department that's done it it's always been a um, you know, a second, I don't want to say tertiary job because that kind of mm-hmm. take, take something away from it because it is a very important role. Um, but it's always been somebody's second, mm-hmm. second dual. function, mm-hmm. dual, dual role. Exactly. And, mm-hmm. and that's the case in, in most communities. Shrewsbury is certainly not unique in that mm-hmm. unless you're in a larger city that has a, a dedicated emergency management department. Mm-hmm. Um, fire chiefs are very common. I think if you were to look at the, the demographics across the emergency managers in Massachusetts, you would see that the largest percentage of them are fire chiefs that take that on as as a second role. Um, so that's so that's pretty common. So, yeah, I, I stepped in and and a lot of a lot of fire service um, experience at mm-hmm. that point. You know, over, over twenty years of fire service experience, but I had never really been involved with the emergency management side of it. And I think you talked a little bit about it before um and and taylor said it where emergency management is a lot of coordination and a lot of collaboration Mm -hmm. and it's all it's all behind the scenes stuff that the average person um, doesn't see and i was used to being the one that jumped on the truck and responded to calls Mm -hmm. and 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 did all that and even as an officer even as a when i was a captain in in the fire department um you know it was still all kind of emergency response based it wasn't all the planning for mm-hmm. potential future disasters and, and, and problems. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, I guess it goes without saying, obvious to me, it makes a lot of sense to, you know, have a very senior level leader within the organization be responsible for emergency management. It, it you know, enables you to build those relationships and muster resources and pull people together to, to not only put the plans in place, but um, also have the respect 
you know, if there's this event or situation that comes up to, to be the leader in that scenario and something that, that we look to. And, you know, we all can say it, knock on wood, thankfully, we haven't had to deal with, you know, really anything um, more challenging than preparing for some winter storms or hurricanes recently. But um, we all know at kind of any given moment at any given time, hopefully not weather related, um, but, you know, these things can arise that we all have to respond through. So, Let's let's start with the preparedness side. You know, how do you, you know what plans do we have in place and and what training do you recommend and and kind of how do you how do you go through putting the framework in place um, that kind of then leads to be able to take action if an event comes up. Okay. Yeah, I think that's one of the things with with emergency management is that the vast majority of the work is actually on for through blue blue sky days mm -hmm. right it's and that's what it is it's it's planning for um, either a, a planned event um, or a potential storm or disaster that whether it be natural or, or man-made mm -hmm. um, that that could occur so um, absolutely and, and Taylor plays a big role as the PIO in that mm -hmm. and a, a big part of that is getting public service announcements out to to the community to our residents um, to our our business partners and, and businesses in the community and how do you how how do we want them to respond um you know so for example a um a, a rainstorm i i was on my way in this morning and um the street sweepers were out mm -hmm. right because they're they're sweeping i know that's part of the the storm water management um, but they also have to keep them clear because when it rains especially in the fall mm -hmm. the leaves are going to plug that up so um sending out messages to the community saying hey clean out your clean out your storm drain your, your catch basin because no matter how good um the town is and, and the highway department is and fantastic at, at keeping them clear and, and mm -hmm. keeping the roads um, the roads open but there's just so many of them that it's not practical especially this time of year when they go down they sweep the street and an hour later the leaves are back on the street right. um, so just you know getting messaging out like that because that may prevent it, it may not do anything to the person that has that drain in front of their house, but when the water doesn't go that down down that drain, maybe three houses down, mm -hmm. their neighbor now their, their basement just flooded out mm -hmm. because the the um, you know the water all diverted to there. So messaging messaging like that, uh, messaging to shovel out the hydrants mm -hmm. after a, a snowstorm, um, reminders to check on check on your neighbors if you have elderly neighbor neighbors or disabled neighbors um like you had mentioned at the beginning right everything starts starts mm -hmm. we have to be self-sufficient so um you know they say every disaster starts locally and it ends locally mm -hmm. which is which is true um so it's important for to get those kind of messages out mm -hmm. um you know to to the community uh, as, as far as planning in advance really there's there's kind of two different ways we do it is one we we take a uh, an approach of, of planning for any anticipated hazards that we could get. Mm -hmm. So that's where we have a, what's referred to as a SEMP, which is a community uh, emergency response plan. And that has, I'll say any likely event that could happen, whether it be a, a natural weather event, a hazardous materials event, mm -hmm. right? We don't have any uh, rail that comes through town but we have an awful lot of highway with 290 and route 20 mm -hmm. a lot of truck traffic that that comes up through through town um 
an overturned tanker or something of that nature could turn into a major major event for us depending on what it's carrying it could lead to evacuations and and all kinds of things so um you know we plan for all those types of events and we have response plans for that as far as which department is going to take on what what role um who who the contact people are who's who's responsible so it needs to be updated really at least annually okay. um, as as positions change and and um you know people get promoted or, or retire and new people come into the organization so that's kind of the the broad approach to planning that we would do well in event uh, well in advance of an event mm -hmm. uh, and then we also look at planning if we anticipate something happening mm -hmm. so again we're, we're coming up on the winter now with the forecasting mm -hmm. of blizzard you know we'll start um we'll start looking at that almost a week out when we see that initial initial weather report mm -hmm. and at that point we're not really doing much except for tracking it and you know keeping tabs on on the weather reports um, and then as it starts to get closer and and we get a better better idea mm -hmm. that's when we bring together the the departments that would be most most impacted by it and we'll have a coordination meeting um really like I said, you can you can sum up emergency management with with one or two words it would be probably uh coordination and and collaboration mm -hmm. right it's coordinating all the different departments and agencies mm -hmm. um and then collaborating and, and knowing who, who can i call uh when we need sure when we need resources yeah and those uh, those events uh, are those pre-event meetings that we've had in the past right we've we've had them recently when there was a i think it was not this past summer, but the summer before, there was potential for a hurricane. So we got together on that a couple times. Um, why don't you talk about you know how we do that, what, what you do at those meetings? Um, I know it's informal to us, but you know a little bit of insight into who's there and how the meetings are run. Sure. Yeah. So we invite again, kind of the departments that are going to be affected by it, and it's it's a pretty broad. We we, we kind of painted with a broad brush mm -hmm. as far as who's involved. And a, a lot of times um, there's departments that somebody from the outside might be like, well, why why are they really here? Mm -hmm. But they could end up playing a, a critical role in it. So mm -hmm. with regards to that was a, a storm, a potential um, hurricane to come in. So there's the obvious of, of police and fire and uh, DPW with the, the highway department, mm -hmm. um, Selco for Right, we have worry about down trees and down power lines and, and that kind of stuff. Um, but we also may bring in other other departments. So, for example, when there's been heat waves, we've mm -hmm. got multiple days of high high heat. Um, what we'll do is we'll reach out to the library and confirm their hours, and we'll put out public service announcements and say we have a right. It's mm -hmm. a kind of an informal cooling center where mm -hmm. these are the hours the library's open everybody's welcome there's plenty of public spaces you know you can you can come in and um and, and cool down so that's that's pretty common but like so there's a thing where you say well what's what do you need the library here for right. <laughs> but right. really everybody yep. everybody plays a role and every everybody's involved uh you know water department well, what happens if we lose if we lose power for an extended period of time they have backup generators but Obviously, water supply is a concern, and sewer pump stations. That's uh, you know, if that infrastructure is is um, impaired, that can lead to right. lead to significant problems. Right. So, one of the things that um, I know you orchestrate once or twice a year 
uh, mainly here just in town, but sometimes we go outside of uh, town as well and join with other communities or various training and table talk, tabletop exercises that we, we go through. So um, why don't you talk about how you utilize those and emergency management preparedness and the things that might be seen if someone was in the room with us there. Sure. So we, we try to do at least two, two meetings, whether you call them meetings, drills, tabletop exercises. Um, it kind of depends. Sometimes they'll be be more of a, a planning meeting as far as how how can we address a potential issue or we may want to exercise a plan that we have so i mentioned we've we have the the semp has just been updated recently um, we're preparing to present that to the select board at a december select board meeting for their official official sign off mm -hmm. and, and approval on it uh, so that's something that then we could come up with a scenario and, and have an exercise and exercise that plan and, and make sure that it works and see if there's anything um, that, that we need to change change in there. Um, an example of one that we had done this past year was we did a tabletop exercise on uh, the water distribution system. Mm -hmm. So that's all run by computers and, and so on. So the scenario was that somebody had hacked into the computer mm -hmm. system and if this happened and they adjust all the chemical levels and contaminate all of our drinking water, mm -hmm. how, how can we respond? Mm -hmm. um, that was a great one because again, it brought in a whole bunch of departments yeah. um, that normally wouldn't be front and center on, mm -hmm. on an emergency management drill. You know, the water department, they always play an important role, but they're not typically the focus of, of this. So mm -hmm. um, it was a great opportunity to bring them in. They brought in some their private consulting and engineering company they were they were in to say to, to basically be a sounding board and say well can we do this can we do that how how would this work mm -hmm. um we talked about if this happens and i had invited um, our our mema rep we have a local coordinator kevin filchek who's who's great to work with um, he had come in with some of the folks from mema to observe and, and be able to give feedback and, and their thoughts on it um, one of the topics that came up for discussion during the drill was if this happened and we need to get drinking water out to a to, to a community of, of this size, how are we going to do it? Mm -hmm. And, you know, oh, well, they'll go to the grocery store and buy it. And it's like, well, how much water do they really have right. in a grocery store? The first 50 people that go there are going to clean them out. And that'll, right. be, that'll be the un end of that. Um, so I asked. Kevin from, you know, from, from FEMA. And I said, um, well, could FEMA, FEMA has water, right? We could get that. He's like, well, you can, but it's going to take two days to get it here okay. because it's in one of the strategic, um, you know, strategic locations. Yeah. And, and what FEMA will do is, is they'll relocate assets if they know something's happening. So if a, a hurricane is going to hit down South, they'll, they'll relocate assets and move them to outside the the direct impact zone, but get them closer to where they need. Mm -hmm. But something like this that's not anticipated, right. we're, we're on our own. Mm -hmm. um, so as a result of doing that, we were able to go and get set up as a, as, an, a, um, as a customer for a local distribution company mm -hmm. that basically promised us we could get you a 53-foot trailer full of drinking water within a couple hours. Okay. Um, awesome. if, if you need it and we're all set up because we did all the, the 
paperwork, we established a relationship, mm-hmm. um, and now it's just a matter of a, a simple phone call to say, we need a truckload of water yeah. here. Had we not done that that drill, not had that discussion, and, and something ever happened, we would have been like, okay, now where do we, mm-hmm. where are we going to get water? Mm-hmm. And we'd be trying to scramble. So that's really the advantage of, of doing these and, and getting everybody's everybody's minds together and, and asking questions and then kind of lets you like do all the brainstorming bouncing off each other for like solutions ahead of time so when you go into something like you already have it in place right. absolutely yep i'll try to think of some weird ones <laughs> <laughs> yeah we no, have... that was a particularly good one and and i know that it, it was a little bit different too because i think you had done some planning work with the dpw and water and sewer superintendent but not everyone knew the scenario when they walked into the room so you're able to kind of appropriately test you know leaders within the organization within water and sewer to see how they would respond and and what knowledge they had of the system not to shame anyone but you know that exact scenario has happened in other parts of the country so and you know we're all a little bit more vulnerable although we do a good job with cybersecurity. you never you never know um, when something like that could happen. So that was a... Yeah, it could be something to it. It doesn't even have to be a... Malicious. A malicious. Yeah. It could be yeah. a, a, an equipment malfunction. It could be a whole host of things. So mm-hmm. Great. So um, let's talk a little bit about um, other partners that we use. Seth, uh, I'll, I'll pull back. So you uh, mentioned MEMA and FEMA, so Massachusetts Emergency Management agency i don't know what the a stands for agency yeah so and fema is is the federal equivalent so how as emergency management director how and when do you interact with them in a non-emergency scenario and then an emergency scenario uh quite a bit actually with with mema um fema fema a lot less often but uh mema is i wouldn't say weekly necessarily but quite often. So um, every community in the state has a, a local coordinator and um, ours is Kevin Filchek. So like I said, I either meet with him or have a phone conversation quite often. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually scheduled to have one uh, last Wednesday. He was coming out to, to meet with me at um, at two uh, at one o'clock and we ended up at a, a, a fire oh, that right. afternoon. Um, yeah. At, at Table Talk Pies, which yep. The day before Thanksgiving was probably the worst day of the year to have a to have a fire at table talk pie. So we've rescheduled that for this this coming week. But um, but no, we we discuss things quite a bit. They have quarterly meetings throughout the state for um, all the emergency management directors. They so that's every every three months or so they have mm-hmm. they have those meetings. Um, they said we just we're on the, the phone a lot. Um, we review plans plans mm-hmm. a lot. Um, and then just in general, the, the, um, uh, what was it about a month ago when Lemonster had the severe flooding that, that they had there and they drew on all the mutual aid from around them. And we were far enough away that we didn't get involved with that. But Mima Mm -hmm. called me up at four o'clock that morning, um, because they had on their resource list that Shrewsbury has two signboards, highway signboards that, that, um, are available. And because it was four o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. there was obviously nobody in the office. Mm-hmm. So I got the call <laughs> yeah. and then I 
turned around and, and woke up Nick over at mm-hmm. Highway Division and, and he got someone in and, and got it sent right up to Lemonster and mm-hmm. and so that's really the way the the system the yeah. system is designed to work. Mm-hmm. You know, it's again it's just the collaboration and and um relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, had had that position with Kevin not worked, I don't know who the state like who they would have got a hold of it mm-hmm. four o'clock in the morning. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they're, they're really good. They, they do, um, there's grant opportunities through them. We're working on a grant right now. It's, uh, the EMPG grant, which is emergency management performance grant mm-hmm. that comes out annually. It's actually funneled down from FEMA, from the federal government through MEMA, and then they distribute it out to the local communities. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're working on putting that together now, um, for, for that. And then there's a lot of other agencies that we work with as well. So um, MEMA is great. They can coordinate resources. They have um, what's called WebEOC, which is an online platform that we can go and we can re- request resources right right through that. Um, and we can see what other communities have going on for situational awareness. And that's really good when there's storms and stuff. We can kind of get an idea on what's what's going on around us mm-hmm. um, and, and monitor, monitor that. Uh, we also work with a lot of other I've mentioned other town departments a lot, but we work with other agencies, whether they are governmental or non-governmental agencies, volunteer organizations. Um, Eversource provides natural gas mm-hmm. in, in town. So same thing, that's a, obviously of a, a significant concern um, and, and hazard there. So we, we work with them fairly routinely uh, when a contractor digs up a gas line mm-hmm. or, or something like that. but. Um, but we also, again, we have relationships with them. We have, we have meeting and trainings with them. They have a whole emergency plan that that they send us every year on on how they would respond, because there's there's two sides to it. There's obviously a, a gas leak, which right. is a hazard, but an interruption in gas service in, in the winter, and now nobody has heat, um, that creates another whole that creates another whole problem. So we work closely with them. A lot of volunteer organizations, the American Red Cross, mm-hmm. um, the um, Reserve Medical Corps, they're, mm-hmm. they're great. If, if we ever have to open a shelter or anything, they'll come and, and give us some, some medical professionals. Mm-hmm. There, there's the um, CMR DART, which is Central Mass Regional Animal... Mm-hmm. Uh, Something. <laughs> yeah, Animal Disaster Response yeah. um, yep. uh, Team. And they'll come in, and same thing. They'll they'll provide. Um, they'll help us out if we have to open a shelter, because if in, in Massachusetts any shelter has to, if if you open a, a people shelter, mm-hmm. you have to have a pet shelter to go along with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's in contrast to what it used to be um, years ago. And and actually we had it where if, if we opened a shelter, it was not open to pets right. because there was the whole thing of allergies or what if you have a, a vicious dog or this or that. And the state has actually um, changed it now, and they actually have laws on the books that yeah. that if, if we open a shelter, we have to accommodate cats and dogs and, and their pets. Um, so there's a lot of agencies that that we work with. So if if we're if we move into an emergency response situation, um, the hub of that really is an emergency operations center and EOC. So what 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 is an EOC, Seth? And um, what would it look like if someone was inside there with you? Who's in there, and and what is their responsibility? Sure. So, uh, um, an EOC, an Emergency Operations Center. We we just relocated it, um, 
So we've actually got a couple options, okay. a couple options for it. So for years, it's been the selectmen's room at town hall. Mm -hmm. And we had some radios that we could, we had a, a closet dedicated to the store. We had some extra phones, some radios, and we, we have what's referred to as a cold EOC, mm -hmm. which means we have a space for it, but it's not set up. If it was a, a warm EOC, it would, it would all be set up 24 hours a day, you know, around, around the clock. Um, we have a, a dual purpose room, which is what most, most communities have. Most communities can't dedicate a room the size of the selectman's room mm -hmm. to just sit there, um, you know, day in and day out and not, not be utilized. So we would get that set up. And that's something that if we anticipate a storm coming, we would, we would set it up ahead of time. So it's ready to go. Mm -hmm. And we may or may not use it, but at least it's there. We've got the phones are out with all the, the, um, various extensions, phone extensions. We have the radios that come in so that we can talk directly to, to Mima at the state. We can talk on police fire, um, and, and so on. And, um, and yeah, and then that would be the various departments would, would come in, uh, as well as other agencies. So the scenario we were just talking about, you may have somebody from Ebersource may be there, somebody from Selco, Highway, Police Fire. Um, and, and the whole idea is to be able to collaborate and, and come up with a plan together. Um, all, all those departments and agencies that I just mentioned, they all have a role, but they're all different roles. So in the event, take a blizzard, uh, highway division is concerned with keeping the roads open. Selco is concerned with trying to restore power. Um, fire department is maybe concerned if we've got a lot of power outages that people are going to use generators mm -hmm. inside their buildings or worried about carbon monoxide poisoning. Um, this, everybody has their, their different concerns. Uh, by putting all the key players from each department and each agency into one location, they're able to take the situation as it changes and best react to it and allocate resources and, and come up with a plan. Mm -hmm. So for that scenario, let's say we lose power at the nursing home mm -hmm. or one of the assisted living facilities. Uh, because everybody's together, we can work on that. And somebody from the health department could maybe say, hey, we need to get power to this area restored that, that needs to be a priority because we have a lot of assisted living facilities or, or something mm -hmm. that's that's there or the, the nursing home is there and their backup generator didn't start mm -hmm. so they have no power and they have people on mm -hmm. vents and and mm -hmm. so on um, so now you can collaborate and selco can prioritize that area for restoration um, dpw could divert a plow over to open up the road so that selco could get there and mm -hmm. everybody can kind of work together whereas if all the departments just work out of their own offices, you don't get the big picture. Mm -hmm. Right. Everybody's kind of focused on what they think, but you don't get the whole, you're not able to prioritize it. Mm -hmm. Great. A um, couple other areas. So you had mentioned shelters. So um, what is what is the town's obligation and role in establishing a shelter if one is necessary? So we're, we're in pretty good shape right now. We're actually in a lot better shape than, than a lot of communities. Okay. Um, when I took over the, the role as emergency management director, that was kind of one of the things I had on my list that I didn't really know a heck of a lot about. Um, I knew we had equipment. We've got a trailer full of cots and blankets and other stuff. Um, 
but I really didn't know how that was going to work. I didn't know who was going to set it up. I didn't know who was going to run it. Um, and it turns out really nobody was. <laughs> uh, we had, like I said, we had kind of a turnover in, mm -hmm. in staff and everything. And and um, the more research I did and and took the shelter class through MEMA, took the shelter class through the American Red Cross, um, found out that we were actually the, the norm, that that's pretty common because it's it's not something that we do mm -hmm. here in in, um, in New England is, is open a shelter often. So that's what most communities, if, if they had anything, they had some stuff in a closet somewhere and didn't really have a plan on, on who was going to do it. So um, we we actually advertised for a, a, somebody to volunteer as a um, shelter coordinator. And we had Lori Jones uh, stepped up a couple of years back and she's taken all the training and inventoried everything and worked on our plans. And we've worked with the Red Cross and, and they've actually come in and kind of credentialed our shelter locations now so that, um, that they're recognized locations. So mm -hmm. our primary shelter location would be uh, Oak Middle School mm -hmm. in, in the gym there. And we have a bunch of cots and blankets and stuff in a, in a storage room there. Um, we also have a 16-foot trailer full of carts and blankets and other supplies, medical supplies and stuff that um, would go to Oak Middle School if we were going to open it there. If Oak Middle School was involved in whatever the problem was and we had to go somewhere else, we could take that trailer and we could, we could relocate a shelter and, and have it open pretty quick. Mm -hmm. um, and we've got relationships with the Red Cross that they would come and help, help staff it, as well as the... Um, Reserve Medical Corps, mm -hmm. they would come and help us do the medical evaluations and, and all of that. And we would draw on our um, one group that we haven't talked about yet is our, our CERT team, mm -hmm. our community emergency response team. So that's a that's a group of volunteers. Um, I think you and Taylor had spoken about mm -hmm. it a little bit where they've they've helped out with the the um, National Night Out mm -hmm. and they've helped out with Spirit of Shrewsbury in the past mm -hmm. and the parades and everything. Um, and and they're they're a great group and. Um, we definitely we're always looking for, for more volunteers to get involved with that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, they're they're a great group, so we we kind of lean on them to help staff it, because the reality is we wouldn't we need we need volunteers. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, emergency management in any community needs needs volunteers. Um, you just don't have the staff to be able to open a shelter because we would have to pull them from all the other departments, and then they're not going to be able to take care of their tasks that, that they have. So, um, but no, we, we have a, we have a plan. Um, we've, we've exercised it. We did a, we did a drill where we set up, um, did a partial setup at, at Oak Middle School. We had about 30 volunteers come from surrounding communities. And again, it was a combination of CERT teams, American Red Cross, CMR DART, uh, Reserve Medical Corps. And, and they all, um, they came in and it was a great opportunity to, to meet people mm -hmm. if, if nothing else. Uh, make some connections and right yeah but where where um you know i say that we have about 125 person capacity so which is common mm -hmm. you know so we have a town of 40,000 40, people and we can put 125 of them right. in in shelters but um you know that's that's pretty common mm -hmm. um, i think what we would do very well at and our our drill was actually a scenario in a housing authority building and we had to relocate all of those people, mm -hmm. and and we could do that if okay. if um if we had a major 
you know, we keep talking about hurricanes and blizzards, but mm -hmm. tornadoes, I guess, are becoming more and more a reality here mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. uh, if we had a large scale incident like that, what would happen is this, the state and um, the Red Cross, they'd be looking at regional, mm -hmm. regional yeah. shelters, and we would go in with other other towns and it you know maybe in Worcester or Marlboro or or wherever um, it is and I mean regionalization is is really um, I think going to be the future mm -hmm. of all of this stuff we're, we're really doing it now we're just not using the term regionalized right. where we're, we're calling it mutual aid or other other terms um, but it really is essentially regionalization so um, before I get to my last question, I think we'd be remiss to uh, skip over COVID-19 as an emergency management <laughs> oh, response. Oh, we can't skip that? <laughs> Seth, you, I mean, you did a, an amazing job for the town and, and uh, coordinated things on the front line, uh, literally uh, doing COVID tests of town staff and others and uh, things beyond that, but also a lot behind the scenes and securing grant funding and um, uh, making sure the town had financial resources and test kits and things like that. So um, not all emergencies are fast moving <laughs> as we, as we yeah. saw from COVID-19. So why don't you take, you know, maybe just two or three minutes and, and talk about your interactions with the state and maybe FEMA briefly on COVID. I know it's hard to sum up a three or four year <laughs> pandemic in a, in a couple minutes, but yeah. you know, what did you learn from that, I guess, from an emergency management standpoint? So that that happened what I was about nine months into mm -hmm. <laughs> into being emergency management director. So I was still uh, you know, still trying to figure things out and, and take classes, which then all of a sudden were no longer <laughs> able to happen. But yeah. um, no, I think honestly, I think my, my big takeaway was really was just the collaboration and how well everybody worked together mm -hmm. and how much people and departments and agencies did that really wasn't their responsibility mm -hmm. or, or they wouldn't have ever thought would have been their responsibility. And I, I don't think I ever heard anybody say, well, that's, that's not my job. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, mm -hmm. that's, that's not my problem. Um, everybody was, was great. Um, a lot of collaboration through the manager's office and, and the um, regional health Alliance, right. With, with central mass regional health Alliance, Worcester, mm -hmm health um they they were great mm -hmm. and we did um we, we opened up some clinics at, at the fire station was the training room and and they came in and and um council on aging mm -hmm. another great they helped with transportation they'd pick up one person at a time to to get them to, to get them uh where they needed to be mm -hmm. helping um get food out to people that couldn't couldn't go out um whether because because they were physically, you know, shut-ins prior to this, or they had, you know, they were immunocompromised and just mm -hmm. couldn't, couldn't risk exposure. Right. And and everybody really stepped up. They said the, the library, the council on aging, um, everybody kind of stepped in on on these roles. Um, you know, public facilities did stuff to mm -hmm. to be able to keep keep the um, public offices going. They you know they put up barriers and and, and did all kinds of stuff. So. Everybody, everybody really stepped up, um, and then my <laughs> my biggest stress on the whole thing was like so the was, was funding and kind of again the, the behind the scenes mm -hmm. behind the scenes part and um, so we put in a, a request for um, uh, 
public assistance, an RPA request for public assistance through through FEMA. I had never done that before. Um, the town has done it for large storms, snowstorms and stuff where they've been able to, to recoup some of the money. Um, but the federal government said that this is eligible for, for, for this. So I did all these webinars and, and everything and found out that I was totally behind where I should be, um, you know, with, with regards to having copies of all the invoices and everything. And um, come to find out that our accounting department had done phenomenal work and they had everything categorized. They had scanned everything in, they were all in Google docs. Um, and when I found that out, I was like, I breathe a sigh of relief. I'm like, oh, thank goodness. I thought I was going to be, I was going to be done on this one. Um, but no, we, we were able to get back um, o over a million dollars in what they considered direct protective measures. Right. So anything that was to protect our workers and the community um, against the spread of, of COVID-19. And, and that was from the municipal departments, as well as some stuff from, from the school side, a lot of the additional sanitizing of buses and school buildings and the barriers and all that stuff we were able to submit. But um, to, to the point where I had to break things down, I was literally submitting for nuts and bolts <laughs> <laughs> that had been bought to put the, to, as a barrier. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're, they're very particular on how they wanted it, but um, it was a good learning experience. And like I said, it was, it was great working with, with um, uh, the accounting office and that was before Mary Thompson had retired and she was she was so so helpful so good to work with and again it was just a, a collaborative effort where um, you know multiple departments working together had to get all the records from public facilities and mm -hmm. and narratives to justify it so I, that that's really my biggest takeaway mm -hmm. I think was just how how well everybody worked together and how everybody pitched in and and did what they could great so um we always want to put residents in the the best situation and uh, you know seth you've done a lot to plan and evolve emergency management over the relatively short amount of time that, that you've been in the role um i guess my final question is uh what can residents do um to help be prepared in an emergency situation like what what steps could they take today if if they were interested sure if if they go on at the town's website under emergency management, there are there are a bunch of um, you know links and, mm -hmm. and things that they can okay. do to to create you know emergency kits and and um, what they should do to take care of their their families mm -hmm. and and so on. Um, certainly, if they want to get more involved, I would encourage them. Again, they can can go online or contact uh, David Fosher at the police department mm -hmm. and do an application to to join the CERT team. We're always looking for, for new members there, and that's a great way to, to help out their neighbors and, and communities. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, Taylor does a, a great so job. Code Red, mm -hmm. um, yep. also off the emergency management page, is used for more like urgent messaging, but our mm -hmm. town website also does like urgent updates mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. social media. So mm -hmm. try to put it out everywhere we can that we can mm -hmm. at least get one person that's aware of like everything that's going on right yeah but yeah we try to send out stuff in advance mm -hmm. to, to to get people prepared and really just you know look out for each other look out for your family um, look out for so if you if you have neighbors that you know are elderly or, or shut in to to check in on them mm -hmm. and and make sure they're all that, that they're good um you know everybody has to be I, I said all all emergencies start local and end local mm -hmm. and and they really start with the in, individual 
Um, and then, you know, it's going to take time before we can get to everybody's house to be able to help them. And then mm-hmm. same thing, if we need help, it takes time for the state to come in. It takes time for, for FEMA to come in. Um, so really just, yeah, just look out for each other. And... Great. Take care of each other. Exactly. So um, that leads us to one of my favorite segments of the show, which is the best, right? We strive to be the best local government in the world. And Seth, you're certainly uh, leading uh, emergency management and the fire department uh, in that endeavor on a day-to-day basis. And there's a lot of competing interests that that you see and have to balance on a day-to-day basis. But what would you say the best part of your average work day is? I, I think I think it's seeing the firefighters succeed in their in their jobs and in, in their roles. Hmm. Um, they do a they do a lot of training, pretty much every shift. Mm-hmm. They're they're training um, on on some topic, mm-hmm. and I think just to see them. Uh, and you know, last last week I had the opportunity to to go and see them in action and, and be very professional at a at a building fire in a large commercial building mm-hmm. um fortunately that does not happen every day that's mm-hmm. that's a good thing mm-hmm. um but to just see their professionalism and mm-hmm. and how they how they handled it um you know minimized minimized damage to the business and and everything so that they could get reopened as soon as possible but i see it on a daily basis when they go on a, a medical call or they go on a uh, an odor investigation at somebody's house or a carbon monoxide incident mm-hmm. and just to see them and how they they help the the residents and they help the community mm-hmm. to um, to make the situation better. Great. All right, Taylor. This is your one question of the day. Thank you. <laughs> What's the best part of your average day at work? Um, Whatever an average day is. I don't have average days. <laughs> uh, probably my coworkers. I love everyone that I work with. We have a good time, get a lot done, but they make coming to work every day um, exciting mm-hmm. and I'm happy to be in town hall with all of them so whether they're my desk mates that sit in the same office as me or basically Mm -hmm. anyone in the building i feel like they they just make shrewsbury town hall a good place to be and a police department fire department when i make it over there but (laughs) it's not that often unfortunately or fortunately however you want to look at it (laughs) (laughs) that's good good Uh, i think for me it's probably um I, I enjoy in a positive functional way challenging people right like getting the best out of everyone you kind of both talked about working with others but really making sure we ask the right questions and making sure that we truly are getting kind of the best product out of everyone um, before we settle on a solution or a, an approach or an answer that that we're digging deep to make sure that we have all of our bases covered so um, well, this has been great. Um, Seth, it's, it's been wonderful to have you here and appreciate the insight that you're able to provide and give us a behind the scenes look at all the planning work and the functional aspects of emergency management. Um, this has been another great conversation on the Town Manager Download. Um, thanks for coming. We appreciate your time. Uh, just a reminder to our listeners, if you have a question or a comment, you can reach us at tmdownload at shrewsburyma.gov. So on behalf of Taylor Galusha, I'm Kevin Mizikar. Thank you for listening.